Girlfriends, episode number 107, Find Healing in Jesus. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about healing. What kind of healing do you need in your life? What wounds are you living with? And how can we get you the healing you need? All of this and more in today's Humble Podcast. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Welcome to another week. Happy New Week. Well, it's Tuesday. It's an early Tuesday morning. I'm recording this not from home, but from a hotel room in Massachusetts, where I'm staying because I'm putting in a day's work in the office at Holy Cross Family Ministries uh, south of Boston today. So uh, sometimes it's a little easier if I come in the night before, which is what I did last night. And uh, funny thing about traffic around Boston, (laughs) if you travel at night, there's none of it, or comparatively speaking, none of it. So um, it goes a lot faster than trying to drive in in the morning. Anyway, um, so I'm here for a day working on CatholicMom.com with Holy Cross Family Ministries. New job is going really well. I'm super, super grateful to be where I am and to be working with the amazing people at Holy Cross Family Ministries. But also with Lisa Hendy, I shared with you that we're going to be putting together a podcast. We've been working on that. Can't wait to share it with you. Can't wait to be doing that, bringing that kind of media to you on a regular basis. So really, really happy and excited. So thank you for those of you who reached out to um, inquire about my job, how it's going and um, congratulate me on the new position. It really is going well. And I'm so grateful. God is so good to have brought me this opportunity right now. Um, what else is going on? We watched the Super Bowl. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I actually really enjoyed it. Well, only partly because we were rooting for the Eagles. But uh, yeah, despite the fact that we're living in New England. Um, and I, I don't know. I thought everything about it. Uh, well, first of all, it was an interesting and exciting game to watch because it wasn't just a complete blowout like it has been some years. And I enjoyed the commercials. I didn't feel like there was anything inappropriate. And the kids and I and Dan just, you know, enjoyed following the game, but then also the commercials and the halftime show. I am a fan of Justin Timberlake and uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And my kids who had no idea really who he is, except for that Trolls song, the last one he sang, Can't Stop the Feeling. They knew that one. Um, they, They enjoyed it too. So it was a nice family day. We made some good snacks. Thanks to those of you on Facebook. I did a little shout out for ideas and you guys shared some great recipes and ideas. So Um, kind of put together a a fun menu, but it was just us, our family, um, watching the game and having some snacks. And I didn't even have to make dinner yesterday because there were so many leftovers, which was cool. Um, So I hope you enjoyed it too. I hope you and your family did. Even if you were rooting for the other team, it still makes for a fun family day. Did you know yesterday was Blue Monday? They call it Blue Monday because it's supposed to be the most depressing day of the year. I saw that on Twitter yesterday morning and they calculate it as the most depressing day of the year because of the distance we are away from uh, Christmas holidays and the fact that a lot of people are just coming to realize the amount of debt they took on over the holidays right around Blue Monday yesterday Um, and the weather and the amount of daylight we're getting I forget what other factors, but all stuff like that all factor in for it to be the most depressing 
day of the year. I was thinking about that a lot yesterday, um, in part because I have a friend who's going through something difficult right now, and it's a hard time of year to be going through something challenging like that. February is just hard. It's, and we've talked about this before here on the show. We talked about getting over the post-holiday blues. Um, we've talked about getting past the winter blahs, whatever you want to call it. It's It can be a really challenging time of year. And the fact that my friend's been going through something and some of the things we talked about led me to today's topic for the podcast. It's going to be a little probably less organized than usual. I don't have bullet points for you. But I did want to talk about finding healing in Jesus because whoever you are, whatever's going on in your life, if you're going through something particularly challenging or not, or if you're just feeling blah this time of year, um, we all need healing. We all need some form of healing. And there's only one place we can get the kind of healing we need, and that's in Jesus. So it's important for us to talk about that, to focus on that, to encourage one another to go to Jesus for the healing that we need. Now, one of the gospel passages I like to look at, read, think about, reflect on when we're talking about healing is uh, Mark chapter 2, verses 16 to 17. I'm going to share it with you here. Some scribes who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors and said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard this and said to them that those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. I think that's a really powerful, powerful gospel passage, especially to reflect on with regard to healing. Who needs healing? Well, first of all, we all do. Okay. And what do we need healing from? It's from our own sinfulness. And uh, sometimes for sure, we need healing from uh, things that have happened to us. Uh, a kind of brokenness that isn't our fault, things that we've been injured by, things others have done to us, um, circumstances that we've suffered through. We all need that healing. But I love that Jesus is so clear in his response to these people who think he shouldn't be hanging out with sinners. And, you know, uh, aside here, I sometimes think to myself, um, especially inside of religious circles, like who would be those sinners, those tax collectors, those prostitutes that we talk, that get talked about in the Gospels, who would those be today? Who would be the people that we'd be rolling our eyes if some religious leader was spending time with them? And, you know, whispering behind his back that uh, he shouldn't be hanging out with such people. I think sometimes we do get caught up in that idea of, you know, levels of humanity or something, especially inside of the church. It's tempting sometimes to kind of put labels on people. And we may not think, oh, I'm not calling anybody a tax collector, right? So kind of feels like this, this passage isn't speaking to me. I'm not telling people they shouldn't hang out with tax collectors. And, um, and yet maybe we are holding that judgment against somebody else. Maybe we're holding that judgment against somebody who um, maybe is hanging out with the wrong political people, like a political leader that you otherwise might admire and you don't want to see them talking to certain people or going to a dinner or, you know, having a meeting with certain people. I think it's, it's really important to recognize the ways in which we are living out these kinds of, uh, you know, ironic gospel stories today. And, and remember that Jesus told us he came for everybody. And he, he came not to call the righteous, but to call sinners. And that's every one of us. And sometimes 
I think we resist putting that label on ourselves, but there's no way you can get better if you won't admit that you have that weakness, that flaw, that that wound in the first place. Um, you know, I talk about not this passage, but other ones in my um, retreat, You're Worth It, when I'm talking to women about how, how much Jesus loves us and how much he longs to heal us of those things that are hurting us. And um, I, in, in the retreat, I reference a 12-step program that has the saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. I think that is such a powerful thing to say, such a powerful idea that you're only as sick as those things you're not willing to admit, those things you're not willing to say out loud about yourself, those flaws you're not willing to admit are there, those sins you're not willing to confess. You're only as sick as your secrets. Jesus, you know, he calls himself the divine physician. That is one of his titles. Do we think about that? Do we think about him as a doctor, though? Do we think about our woundedness, our brokenness, the things that hurt us, the things that get in the way of us growing in our relationship with God? Do we think about those things as an illness, as a sickness, something we need to be healed from as a wound? Do we go to Jesus for that healing that we need? And of course, the sacrament of confession is exactly where we need to do that. And sometimes we avoid it because we feel unworthy, because we feel dirty, because we feel ashamed of the things that we do. And it's a painful thought to even think about laying bare those things that we need healing from. And yet I encourage you to think about a a physical illness, a physical wound when you need a doctor to care for it. You can't get better from it if you're hiding it, if you won't admit it's there, if you won't go to the very person who's qualified to help you heal from it. Even if it's embarrassing or it's gross or it feels dirty or you feel like you're not worthy of it, you're never going to be healed of that. It's going to fester and get worse if you're hiding it. So it's important to think about our spiritual wounds in the same way, our emotional wounds the same way, the wounds we cause ourselves, but also the wounds that are caused by others. I've been amazed over the years, the ways in which the sacrament of confession helps me to heal from the wounds of others. This is like the real grace of the sacrament of confession. This is part of it, that not only do you find forgiveness from from your sins that you confess in confession, but you also receive grace for your state in life. You receive grace that's so healing and nothing is more healing from your woundedness than receiving forgiveness for your sins. And it it allows you that same abundance of grace to, to then turn and to share with others that those who have sinned against you, those who've hurt you, then can receive your forgiveness because you've got none to give when you're still hurting from your own woundedness. You're still hurting from your own sinfulness. So I think it's so important um, to, and this is, as I'm talking, I'm like, I got to get to confession (laughs) And, uh, and, and maybe you too. Maybe you need to make that plan right now for this coming weekend. Get, get yourself spiritually in the right place before the start of Lent. What a great opportunity we have to do that. So you're only as sick as your secrets. And remember that Jesus came to heal you. He came to heal me and to go to him for that, to claim those graces that are yours. Now, the other gospel passage that I like to think about and share about when talking about being healed 
This one's in Luke chapter 13. I'm going to read you verses 10 through 17. He was teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath, and a woman who was there for 18 years had been crippled by a spirit. She was bent over, completely incapable of standing erect. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her, and she at once stood up straight and glorified God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant that Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, said to the crowd in reply, There are six days when work should be done. Come on those days to be cured, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord said to him in reply, Hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his ass from the manger and lead it out for watering? This daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years now, ought she not to have been set free on the Sabbath day from this bondage? When he said this, all his adversaries were humiliated, and the whole crowd rejoiced at the splendid deeds done by him. Now there's so much here, and I think there's so much here for us as women in particular, coming to Jesus for healing. So much to inspire us to go to Jesus for healing. So let's let's start here. First of all, um, I love I love how the passage tells us he laid his hands on her. Right, this woman who'd been crippled for eighteen years by a spirit. Now we don't tend to think nowadays of people walking around crippled by a spirit. Right, we don't have people going around for the most part. Uh, you know speaking in tongues or being possessed by demons in obvious ways that um, we can recognize they need healing from. Uh, but, you know, this was, this was much more common in, in the, the days of the gospel stories. And this woman was suffering from that. And it was not only um, a spiritual ailment, it was physical. And it was something she was completely, completely crippled by. Now, we don't think about that kind of demonic possession as an everyday kind of thing these days. But there are things that we are crippled by. There are things that we suffer under the weight of and we might carry for 18 years. Things that we just feel are a part of us, part of our identity maybe even, that we don't even recognize that Jesus can heal us. And I think that's what we do. Whatever it is that's crippling us, whether it's our own sin or our own brokenness or our own woundedness from someone else's sin, we allow it to become part of our identity and we don't look for healing from it. We don't look to Jesus for the healing that he can give us from that spirit of infirmity, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is that you are struggling with. And it might be struggling with a physical ailment. It might be something more spiritual. It might be something psychological. It, you know, any number of things that you might be suffering from. It might be a woundedness in a relationship. It might be depression or anxiety. We all have these burdens, these things that we carry with us that we're in danger of identifying ourselves with. And then because we identify with it, it's just part of who I am. It's just part of how life is. We don't look for the healing that we could find in Jesus in that infirmity. And I love that the passage tells us Jesus laid his hands on her. So powerful. Imagine, you know, when we read the gospel stories, they're, they're meant to be real to us. We're meant to place ourselves there in that space, in that time, and to experience them along with the people that we're reading about. We'll do that here. 
read this gospel passage to yourself. Spend some time, you know, look up chapter 13 in Luke later on and read it yourself and really truly reflect on it and pray over it. And imagine yourself in this woman's place where he laid his hands on her. Imagine Jesus laying his hands on you. We women especially know the power of physical touch. It's part of our feminine genius, this gift that we have to connect with other human beings through physical touch, this nurturing love that we're so excellent at, that we're so gifted at, that we're so good at sharing God's love with others through physical touch, through nurturing love, through that gift of self, that generosity of caring for another person physically, we're really good at it. St. John Paul II called every one of us women a mother. He said every one of us is called to the vocation of motherhood. And of course, he didn't mean that every one of us is going to physically bear children. But what he did mean was every one of us is gifted with that motherly love. And that involves that physical touch. So I think this gospel passage really speaks powerfully to us as women. First of all, it was a woman whom he healed, which is not an accident. And he placed his hands on her. And he healed her of that infirmity. Inside of your prayer life, whatever it is that you need healing from, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to go to Jesus in that way. Place yourself before him and ask him to lay his hands upon you. Ask him to touch you where you're wounded and to heal you because he alone has the power to do that. Ask him to show you those places in your life where you are labeling yourself as a crippled as part of your identity, where you're labeling yourself as sick or hurt as part of your identity, where you have forgotten even that you can be freed from that thing and ask him to help you to know that you can be healed of it and then let him heal you. It's not going to maybe happen overnight. For sure, it can happen instantly like it did here with this woman. There are miraculously, you know, people are miraculously cured through the power of God all the time. So that can happen. But there are other ways that God can begin to heal you, begin to fix your broken heart, fix the ways in which you're broken and you're hurting. And we all are. Don't, don't do the secret thing. You're only as sick as your secrets. Don't keep those secrets. I want to encourage you, especially, you know, during the coming week to think about the places in your life where you are in need of healing, where maybe you don't even want to admit you're in need of healing and then bring those parts of your life to Jesus and then allow yourself to be healed. Imagine how that woman felt when he said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. Can you even imagine being crippled by something for 18 years, having Jesus lay his hands on you, and instantly she was freed of that. He has that kind of power over you and over your life and over whatever's wounding you. He has that over you too. And then I love the other part of this passage where then, um, of course, the... <laughs> The leader of the synagogue is so furious that Jesus has cured on the Sabbath because as we, we know from many of the gospel stories, the religious leaders at that time many times were hypocrites and Jesus called them hypocrites because they were so focused on the letter of the law and not on this, this person, the person before them. And how many times are we in danger of being focused on the letter of the law, especially inside of our church, at the danger of missing the humanity of the people who are in need of healing, the people that Jesus wants us to be a part of healing, or even in, in our own letter of the law, our thinking about our faith, that we're so focused on the letter of the law that we're missing our own humanity and Jesus's ability to heal us from whatever it is that's hurting us.
And it's so powerful, I think, especially speaking to the dignity of women here in this passage, where Jesus defends this woman. He says, this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years now, ought she not to have been set free on the Sabbath day from this bondage? Is she not worthy of this? I think that is so powerful for any woman who feels less than because of your femininity because of ways in which our culture has dragged you down. And I'm not talking about sexism, although that's alive and real in some places, even in our culture today. But any woman who feels less than because of who she is, because of who God made her, any woman who feels wounded in her dignity as a woman, and there's ample opportunity for that today, even in today's modern Western world with every opportunity for women, things like pornography and prostitution affect all of our relationships they affect men on a huge scale in today's world and ultimately affect our relationship even with good men in our lives all of all of humanity has been hurt by these things and it's one of the ways in which women in particular suffer i think especially inside of relationships maybe even inside of seeking an intimate meaningful romantic relationship with a man that's healthy. Maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe you're struggling in your own marriage with not feeling worthy as a woman. Maybe you're struggling just in a general sense in the ways in which our culture on the one hand lifts up women and tells them you're all powerful, but at the same time, make sure to keep them down. Make sure to make sure they know that they're, they're not skinny enough. They're not successful enough. They're not doing all the things correctly. They're not pretty enough. They'll never make it. It's such a double-edged sword, right? These things that our culture tells us, these things that really do threaten our self-worth as women, our feeling of worthiness. And, and I also love that in this passage, Jesus doesn't care about all these, these labels and these rules and these laws, and he reaches right through them. And how many times do we put labels and laws and rules inside of our relationship, even with Jesus, a relationship that's supposed to be so fundamental and based on love and the most natural relationship you can have. How many times do we complicate it and mix it up with all these rules and regulations? And I'm not saying to disregard the laws of the church, but what I am saying is don't let things like those details and the kinds of labels you might be tempted to put on yourself mess up your relationship with Jesus. Don't let those things get in the way of receiving his healing love in the relationship that you're meant to have, the relationship that is your right. Don't let others get in the way with it, but don't don't let yourself get in the way of that relationship that you have a right to have with Jesus. These words of defense and these words of honor and these words of worthiness and dignity that he speaks of this woman that he heals on the Sabbath, he speaks them about you too. He lifts you up in that way too. Ought she not to have been set free? Whatever it is, whatever you're feeling wounded by, whatever you think you need healing from in your life, whether it's a woundedness in a relationship, it's a woundedness in your, your own physical health, it's a woundedness in your own psychology, whatever it is that you feel you need healing from, imagine Jesus speaking those words about you. Ought she not to be set free from this infirmity. 
He's indignant on your behalf and he wants to free you from whatever it is that's hurting you. He wants to heal you from whatever it is that has wounded you. And we need to open up and allow him to do it. We need to go to him and we need to believe that he can do it and not put those obstacles in his way. Put those labels on ourselves that will keep him at a distance or focus on all the the regulations, the laws and the rules and put that distance between ourselves and God. When what he wants with you and with me, with every single one of us on a deeply intimate personal level is a relationship with you, a meaningful human relationship with you. And every one of us is built for that. Every one of us is longing for that, searching for that, yearning for that, hungering and thirsting for that relationship, that fundamental relationship with Jesus. And when we put things in the way, when we allow ourselves to get distracted, when we think, oh, he can't do that, when we put limits on God's power and the power of his love to heal us, we're the ones who suffer. We're the ones who are left hungry and longing for that relationship. And Jesus is waiting to have it with each of us. You know, it, uh, in uh, my You're Worth It retreat where we talk about Jesus's unique love for women, I talk about how Jesus has this longing for each of us personally, deeply, intimately wants that very human relationship with us because he's fully God, but he's also fully human. And everything that we want inside of a human relationship, intimacy, honesty, openness, time together, He wants with you. He wants that with you in a very human way, in a way that we're very prepared to respond to because we're human too. So remember that when you're tempted to throw things in the way between you and Jesus, you know, whatever it is that you're tempted to do, we all have these bad habits of the way we think about our relationship with God. And let me tell you, that's not coming from Jesus. Those things, those obstacles, that temptation, that, that inspiration to throw things in the way to label ourselves in a way that's going to limit our relationship with Jesus or to put it off. Like I'll, I'll have that relationship with Jesus, you know, when I reach this point in my life or when this problem's resolved or when I'm a better person, you need Jesus right now. You need the healing that only he can give right now in your life. So don't hold back and don't push it off and don't wait until next week or next year or 15 years from now or when the kids are grown have it claim it right now he's longing to give it to you so maybe you have a story you want to share about being healed by jesus in what ways has he worked his healing in your life or maybe you have thoughts or uh, objections to something that i've shared here today maybe you have something personal going on in your life that you want to share about uh, with regard to today's topic i would love to hear from you you can always email me danielle at daniellebean.com reach out on social media you know how to find me i'm danielle bean on pretty much every social media except snapchat won't be doing that <laughs> have you done snapchat i tried And honestly, my 45-year-old brain, am I 45? I think I'm 45. Uh, My 45-year-old brain cannot do that. I cannot do it. And I am willing to admit that limitation on myself and just move on without the Snapchat. So anyway, don't look for me on Snapchat. But every other social media, you can find me on there and um, go ahead and connect with me or record your message on your phone and send it to me. I'd love to add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to Girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? 
Well, if so, there's a convenient way that you can say thank you for the Girlfriends Podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for this podcast and other podcasts and show your appreciation and encourage their production. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. Even just a dollar per episode makes a real difference and is a simple way to show your support for girlfriends. I want to thank our newest supporter on Patreon, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. Shout out to you. Thanks so much for your support. And if you want to show your support and encourage girlfriends too, you can go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends to find out more. Thank you so much. I also want to be sure to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you this podcast. They help out with the production of this podcast every week and support it and help to get the word out about it. So really helpful to growing the girlfriend's audience, the girlfriend's community. And Ascension is such a great resource. If you go to ascensionpress.com or even just check out their Facebook page, so many amazing free resources. There's other podcasts you can check out and uh, videos that talk about your faith, Bible studies with Jeff Cavins, things that you might want to research and maybe bring to your parish community or even just share with your teenagers. I am always forwarding stuff to mine. So check it out at ascensionpress.com. Okay, I did get uh, a few emails that I want to share this week. Um, The first is from Taylor. Now, um, some of you may remember Taylor. She left some voice feedback after sending me an email a while back. Um, I used the name Heidi for her when I first shared her story because I wasn't sure if I had permission to share her name. But she's told me to go ahead and use the name Taylor, which is her real name. Um, She wrote in... A while back, it was before Christmas time, really just struggling as a newlywed, struggling with NFP, struggling with the idea of becoming a mom, something that she was really hesitant and unsure about. Um, So anyway, she wrote to me, hi, Danielle, this is Taylor, also known as Heidi from a previous email you had shared but protected my name. I just wanted to give you an update on my life since my last email I sent you. I know you get a lot of emails, so just to jog your memory in case you need it, I had wanted your advice on NFP and how to cope with my lukewarm feelings about becoming a mom. Well, on December 1st, my husband and I found out I was pregnant. I wasn't exactly jumping for joy since we weren't really trying to conceive. Then a month later at our first ultrasound, I found out that it was twins. We were in shock to say the least. I now wasn't only struggling with becoming a mom, but becoming a mom to two at once. I'm ashamed to say how negative my thoughts were. My husband and I went to our 12-week ultrasound today where they really look at the development of the babies and one of the babies has some fluid behind its neck, which the doctor told us could mean nothing, but it could also range to a wide variety of genetic issues, so we have to go to see a specialist in a few days. I'm so scared, Danielle. I want my babies healthy and I want to trust God's plan for me in these babies' lives. I just have been praying incessantly for peace and faith that no matter what the outcome, my trust in God will not falter. I know that you ask your listeners to pray, and that's what I'm asking for. All the prayers my family and I can receive. Thank you for all you do, Danielle. God bless, Taylor. Wow, Taylor. I mean, thank you so much for the update on you, because I have been praying for you, and I know others have too. Um, a, A listener recently reached out to me to ask for an update on you, and Um, So definitely be assured of our prayers and be assured that God loves you so much inside of this and that 
he knows all about all the feelings that you're having and they're all perfectly normal. I think you need to allow yourself that, you know, saying that you're ashamed to say how negative your thoughts were. It's okay to have those negative feelings. What you're doing is a really hard thing. What you're going through, what God is asking of you right now is a really hard thing. And it's okay to admit it's hard and it's okay. Just don't dwell there. Just don't stay in that negativity. But having the feelings is perfectly normal. There would be something wrong with you if you didn't have negative thoughts and feelings about this this very difficult challenge, this very difficult thing that's being asked of you right now. And then just on the, the ultrasound stuff, I have such mixed feelings about modern medicine and the things we can know and see because I think in so many ways it's it's amazing and it's a miracle and the things that we can, you know, spot ahead of time and be prepared for and the, the wonderful work that doctors do to um, help us to have healthy pregnancies and babies. I, I'm so grateful for that because in the past it, it wasn't so and, and many women suffered and many children died unnecessarily because of it. But on the other hand, sometimes it is way too much information. And that was one of the first thoughts I had when you were sharing this about some, uh, what looks like extra fluid behind the baby's neck. I've, I've heard this exact thing before that turned out to be nothing. So, um, I'm not saying it's nothing. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not your doctor and, and it's good for you to listen to your doctors. But at the same time, know that I'm praying for your peace. And I think we all need to especially pray for your peace, Taylor, um, as, as a community here at Girlfriends, because this just robs you of that. And it robs you of the, the kind of joy that a mother, I think, has a right to, especially in those those early weeks of pregnancy that are so difficult. Just having that hopeful joy about who this child is that you're, that God has given to you, you and your husband specifically to care for. It's a beautiful gift and one that I know that you're you're hesitant about and you're nervous about and you're, you're um, wondering how much of a burden this gift is going to turn out to be. But at the same time, regardless of its state of health, this child is being given to you and your husband. This this specific child is is one that God wants you, the two of you, in a very specific way to care for and to raise and to be the parents of. And I think that's such a precious gift. And I want to encourage you to just focus there. Do all the things that your doctor says and follow through. And I know that's so nerve wracking and so hard to do. So we're going to be praying you through that. Um, but at the same time, focus on the fact that whatever these circumstances, whatever this child may or may not be suffering. And again, I'm going to encourage you that it may be nothing, as your doctor said, and it just, it pains me, the number of people who go through that kind of suffering so needlessly, especially when you're already struggling with the idea of being pregnant and trying to come to terms with the fact that you're having two babies. Um, really a tremendous burden that's being placed upon you right now. So allow yourself to feel that burden. Allow yourself to have a hissy fit every once in a while and, and get mad about it. And that's okay. God can take it. He's really big. And he's really strong and he's outside of all of this. He's outside of time and he's so much bigger than everything that we're going through that feels so huge to us here on earth. Just remember that and we'll be praying for your peace. But also just, I want to encourage you to, to focus on the fact that this child, both of these children are a precious gift from God that he's giving especially to you and your husband. It's not some random burden that he decided to place upon you. He has a, a unique plan for the lives of these children and for your life, for your holiness, for your children's holiness. 
And this is part of that plan, giving these specific children to you and your husband specifically to be the parents of. So know that we're praying for you, Taylor. I am so grateful that you you feel comfortable sharing your story with me and with others here and know that we're going to be holding you in prayer in the coming weeks. If you have some words of encouragement you want to share with Taylor, please feel free to give me some voicemail, connect with me on Voxer, um, just record on your phone. Uh, I know she'd love to hear from all of the girlfriends listeners who are holding her in prayer, especially during these coming weeks. Okay, next up, I want to share um, a question that I got from listener Maggie. Maggie says, Hi, Danielle, I have a topic I've been struggling with lately that I was hoping you might give me some perspective on. It is the concept of fair trade and ethical shopping. I've been made aware that there are people who believe shopping at big chain stores is harmful because of the products and clothes that may have been sourced and conditions that workers may have, sweatshops, etc. I was wondering if you had given any thought to this topic. I am not sure how to navigate this idea in terms of being a Catholic, budget, routine, size fluctuation, etc. The concept seems highly controversial and complex. I have no idea what to think. I don't want to ignore the issue, but I'm also not sure what, if anything, I should or could change about my usual spending habits and or preferences. Do you have any perspective? Thanks very much, and I can't wait to hear you on Catholic MomCast. Oh, great. Thank you, Maggie. Um, Yeah, thank you for this question, and this is something that comes up regularly, and I don't have a one-size-fits-all answer, but I want to encourage you to find the answer that's right for you, and I think your instincts are right, that um, don't ignore it for sure, but, um, uh, you know... uh, God knows where he put you and what your circumstances are and what your your budget limitations are, first of all, and um, what your time limitations are. Because you know what? In the past, I've gotten kind of, I've kind of gone the, down this rabbit hole myself, um, especially with regard to um, boycotting companies who support Planned Parenthood. And what, what a time-consuming project that is. <laughs> And in the end, sometimes really expensive project because you're going way out of your way to find things that your family needs um, to buy from not very convenient suppliers sometimes. Uh, And I admire people who are principled, that are so principled about this, that they, they are willing to outright boycott companies that, you know, have any ethical issues whatsoever. Um, But I don't at all believe that that that's a burden that we all share in common to completely avoid doing any commerce with a company that, um, you know, is affiliated with anything evil because, you can always, pretty much, with with rare, rare exceptions, trace something back to something evil. Um, you know, where you have the opportunity to do so, for sure, choosing fair trade, especially with some of those, those um, you know, clothing suppliers or coffee or chocolate or things where you know people are really abused in um, some situations and countries are taken advantage of for, for our gain here in the first world. You know, wherever you're able to do that reasonably, within reason in your life, that's the key there, finding out what that means for you. What what does that mean? What is within reason? What is reasonable to expect for yourself? And talk with your husband about it. Um, I know (laughs) there have been many times in my life where I will think myself into knots and just get all twisted up and feel completely paralyzed in my life. I can't do anything because um, I've set all these limitations on myself spiritually and financially and whatever else. And 
it just takes one little, you know, statement from my husband and everything's back on track. Like he'll just be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, the, no, of course, of course you don't need to be doing that. And so I think sometimes having outside perspective and sometimes having a very practical male perspective can be helpful. So if you're struggling with that, um, and I think it looks different for everybody. I can't tell you exactly what your your rules for your kind of shopping should be. Um, only only you can figure that out along with your husband and potentially with a spiritual advisor if it gets that far that you feel like maybe the two of you really need that kind of input and advice from um, a priest or, or somebody else that you trust. But uh, I just want to encourage you to find out what that means for you. What's reasonable? And, and pray about it and then have peace about what your decision is. And yeah, maybe at some point in your life, you need to readjust, you need to reassess what your decision is going to be about what kind of shopping you're going to do as a family. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of times raising your family here, here and now in this country with the opportunities you have for the things that you need to provide for them. God knows all about that. And he placed you here and he knows what your limitations are. And these are good things that you want to provide for your family. So it's not like you have some some negative, you know, kind of motive for, for wanting to buy these things potentially at a big box store or whatever it is. Um, so just figure out what that means for you and for your family. What is reasonable? What is not reasonable? And then just move the heck on. It's so important to not get caught up in these things because we really can kind of go down that rabbit hole and think ourselves into knots and pretty soon you can't do anything and you're completely paralyzed. And um, that's that's a dangerous place to be. And God doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want that for your family. He wants you being the mom. He, he means for you to be for your family. And that may or may not mean shopping at a big box store. I hope that's helpful, Maggie. If any of you have thoughts to share on this topic or things that have worked for you or compromise that you've come to in your life with regard to this uh, topic, send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com or share a voicemail with me. I know that Maggie would love to hear from lots of different listeners at Girlfriends. Okay, before I go, I just want to share with you some places that I'm going to be in the coming weeks because maybe we can meet up. Maybe I'm coming near you. You already know I was at Maryland and I got to meet some great girlfriends listeners there. So I hope in some of the places where I'm going to be in the coming weeks, I can again meet some girlfriends, some real life girlfriends. I love the opportunity to meet people in person, especially people who listen to the podcast. Because if you listen to girlfriends, I know you get it and you're already my girlfriend. So I want you to come out and see me if you possibly can. Um, so this weekend, this coming weekend, February 10th, Saturday, I'm going to be speaking at the Phoenix Catholic Women's Conference. So if you're in Phoenix, come on out. We'd love to see you. I'm going to put um, a link in the show notes at daniellebean.com uh, for buying tickets if you're interested in that event. Um, then February 17th, I'm going to be speaking at the marriage conference put on by the St. John Paul II Foundation Together in Holiness, and that's going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's been many years since I've been to Oklahoma, so this is going to be great. If you live there, give me a shout, even if you can't make it, but I'd love it if you could make it. Um, so I'll put a link in the show notes to all the um, registration materials and information in the show notes at daniellebean.com. So that's February 17th in Tulsa. Uh, then I'm going to be in Nashville on the 24th, February 24th. I'm going to be speaking at the Catholic Women of Faith Conference in Nashville. I have never been to Nashville. I guess I've driven through Tennessee, I think. 
<laughs> but I've never really visited. So great. I'm really looking forward to that. And if you're anywhere in that area, come on out. I'll put a link to that, but it's called the Catholic Women of Faith Conference in Nashville on February 24th. Um, and then also I'm going to be in Rochester, New York on March 10th. So those of you out that way, I'm planning to see, I know one of my girlfriends that I'm going to meet is Amy, who is the coordinator of the Buffalo Women's Conference. And I spoke there a few years ago and I've stayed in touch with Amy and I, I love her so much. And she's going to be able to make it out that day with her new little baby. So I'm so excited to get together with Amy and meet all the wonderful women who are going to be in Rochester. If you are in that area of the country, I'd love for you to come out. I'd love to meet you. I love meeting girlfriends in real life. There's no replacement for that. So um, again, that's in Rochester, New York on March 10th for the Rochester Catholic Women's Conference. I'll put links with all the information for these events in the show notes at daniellebean.com. So hopefully we'll get together soon. And that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of what I do here at Girlfriends. Thank you for being part of our community. And you know what? Um, I still haven't gotten around to starting up that Facebook group, but I'm feeling challenged and I'm making a note to myself to put it together in the coming weeks. So hopefully by next week, I'll be able to share the URL with you and we can connect in new ways throughout the week because I love to share on the podcast and I love to get your feedback and build community in that way. But I think there's a lot of ways that we could be in touch on the other days of the week as well. So looking forward to some new ways to connect and build community through Girlfriends. And part of that community is you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of what we do at Girlfriends. Thank you just for listening. I really appreciate your presence here. It truly is a gift to me and to others who listen. So thank you for that. And I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.